0: You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopolies through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. Welcome listeners to the 515th Renegade Economist radio show, shining a light on the the core economic news that keeps being ignored, and I said last week that uh, I was expecting a 585 billion dollar increase in Australian land values, and even I was surprised when uh, it came out at 11:30 on Friday that uh, national Australian land values had increased by 593.7 billion, 594 billion dollars. They're up. And not one mention of it in the news. This is incredible. It's like 40 times banking profits, but no one's talking about it. It's basically where the banks make their 15 to $20 billion a year in in profits comes from this rising value of land and the fact that we all need to mortgage ourselves to the hilt over 25 to 30, even 40-year mortgages in the country, but nobody looks at what is possibly the world's only measure of national land values. And this is just so important when you consider that uh, the $5.67 billion valuation for uh, this core resource is more than three times the value of the entire Australian Stock Exchange. That includes all banks, includes the big miners, includes the biggest companies in the nation. Well, national land values are three times that size and the increase over the last year of $594 billion is the second greatest on record. It was only back in the post gfc era of uh, Kevin Rudd and Wayne Swan throwing everything at the Australian housing market to uh, keep it afloat that included the infamous First Home Owners Grant of some $32,000 if you bought a new house. It included allowing self-managed super funds to finally buy residential uh, investments and not only that but to borrow against them. So uh, everything was done during that era to pump Australian land values up so that the banks could be held afloat so that... uh, Uh, the Labor government would uh, be elected in the next election cycle. And uh, how sad it was that as the mining tax debate was going on at that time, there was the uh, Australian property sector rubbing their hands together with glee at uh, all of these new bells and whistles the federal government had given them to uh, push land prices ever higher. And they increased that year by $671 billion, Either side of that, between uh, 2009 and uh, 2012, uh, national land values fell some $240 billion, but in that one year of $671 billion, uh, blew the, any corrections apart. And by 2015, national land values increased by $570 billion that year. Talked about that enough times, $258 billion the year after that, and then the incredible $594 billion we've just, talked about 40 times banking profits but doesn't make the news just drives me crazy and the press release we sent out uh, soon after the release of uh, the national accounts of course was drowned out by the citizenship debate that uh, seven maybe eight MPs uh, are uh, uh, f- have faced and so of course uh, the media cycle killed us again But uh, if one thing is becoming more and more obvious, uh, the saying, the harder you work, the luckier you get has been replaced by. The more property you own, the less work you need to do. It's just becoming so obvious to uh, more and more economists now that uh, the returns to land of 11.5% for the last year is triple what many small business owners earn. And uh, when those small business owners are facing rising rents surrounded by vacant industrial property at the same time, well, wage growth is limited when uh, those conditions apply. And here we have uh, our Treasurer begging for a wages outbreak. Well, it's uh, very difficult for that to occur when uh, land prices take all the gains. And this $594 billion increase we put in our media release is equivalent to some 90% of taxes required at all three levels of government. So, taxing income and employment more than land results in an economy dangerously skewed towards land speculation. Isn't that the case?
1: Don't be frustrated.
0: Why shouldn't I be?
2: What's wrong? Nothing.
0: Another big number to come out from the census tucked away in the uh, findings there was that uh, only 5% of the population own more than four investment properties. Now that 5% of our 24 million People uh, population equates to one point two four million investors, and uh, there's somewhere around about seven million renters. But yet we're told that this one point two million investors is uh, too powerful for uh, nearly eight million renters, uh, according to my numbers. So. Uh, Talk about disempowered. uh, We need to turn that around. We need to give renters the economic tools to dismantle this neoliberal agenda of saying that it's all about the supply side. Uh, It's nothing to do with these tax incentives. Well, here we have a world where there's 30-plus advantages for property investors. For an asset class that has natural advantages over any other form of business in that you just need to own it. You don't have to do anything. You can just sit on it and wait for the community to build those hipster cafes, for Banksy to come and do his graffiti nearby, for the new bike lanes to be opened up. Uh, all those things add to the amenity of living in a community and the landholder will win. Then add negative gearing, capital gains tax discount. Uh, minor land taxes and uh, a globalised investment frontier scouring the earth looking for beautiful communities to invest in because they know they aren't making any more land and anyone who has a sea view, has a view of a beautiful park uh, near a cultural hotspot, well, they're on a certain winner And when you consider that last year in uh, the iconic suburb of St Kilda, homeowners there enjoyed a 30% increase just on the median home bought in April 2016 to March 2017. 30% return on investment if you got in at that stage. So the effects continue to mount up. And uh, when you consider that the average annual gain has been around about $180 billion in terms of national land values, to have an increase some $400 billion higher than normal is incredible, to uh, say the least. So, uh, yeah, is this the top of the never-ending Australian land bubble? Who knows what other policy tricks Government is going to throw towards this top 5%, top 1%, as the rest of us uh, wonder where the wage increases are going to come from. <music> Now, uh, Saul Eslake was out at the ACOs Twenty Thirty Conference last week, and uh, building on some of the Hilda-type discussions I've been peppering this show with uh, about this uh, wealth divide uh, uh, accentuated by the property sector and, and property ownership. Uh, he said, "Look, the most recent Australian Census shows that home ownership—that the home ownership rate in 2016." was lower than at any time since the census of 1954. And get this, the median net worth of households aged 55 and over has doubled over the last 14 years. Talk about first-come, first-served economy. That's what we're living in. And uh, here's the effects, dear listeners. The median net worth of households aged 35 to 55 has increased by about half of that over that period. But uh, the median net worth of households 25 to 35 is increased by less than 20%. So uh, the effects are adding up. And Eslake goes on to say, you can't say investors are having no role in declining home ownership when you consider that 25 years ago, 1st home buyers and investors received about 18% of the lending for housing. Whereas in recent years, the share of housing finance going to first-home buyers has fallen to 10%. Well, the share going to investors has risen to, dear listeners, you'll know this number, 50%. So where are our cultural leaders on this? What is happening? Well, this morning, I uh, late last night, I read a, a piece in the dailyreview.com.au by Helen Razor, and uh, it was a cracker of a piece. Let me pull up the heading, The Block, A Terrible Program, Sure but it's a terrible time. And she goes on to talk about reality TV being damaging and, and she goes on to, to uh, point out that uh, David Hughes, a credible everyman comic who built a good fortune on the foundation of his early doll Bludger material, purchased the Instagram home for $3.067 million. On The Block last week. Hughes has said he purchased the home as an investment, which is probably not the most insightful move a guy could make in a market routinely described as a bubble. But this guy, who took his place at the auction next to another guy who was once on The Bachelor, does not endure the reality most viewers of The Block must. Hughes might have clean forgotten the 0708 real estate-led global financial crisis. We haven't, because we're still living with its effects and the refusal of our leaders to truly regulate the banks that caused it. Well, I don't know about that last bit, uh, Helen. They're certainly in on it, but if we land taxed away these uh, natural increases in location, location, the bank's profit margins would shrink drastically because this is where 70 to 80% of their mortgage lending comes from, the real estate sector. But uh, hey, I had to tweet, Hughie, didn't I? Talk about Deluded at David Husey because Deluded is the name of his new national tour. A $3 million investment purchase equals $3,000 rent per week for your renters. And, of course, uh, Husey responded, long-term capital growth is the strategy. We'll see where it sits in 20 years. Well, let's hope... Uh, it- for Hughesy's sake he doesn't put up with a, a situation like uh, what happened the last time our incredible land bubble and private debt to gdp was at these sort of levels back in the 1890s we basically didn't need to build a house for 30 odd years land prices took some 40 years to uh, get back to their 1890s levels and anyone caught holding that hot potato as the market turned down lost a swag of money or generally wiped out. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, a sad thing that, uh, you know, a comedian like Husey, who we all see as a good bloke, is uh, part of this game applauding this national property speculation fervour. And I, I tweeted to him, look, you know, uh, long term capital growth, uh, that's that's a misnomer it's really the value of uh, the community surrounding your property that adds the value to it. And uh, cheekily asked him if he knew of any celebrities who'd be willing to discuss the drastic effects of so many people spending so much money on just keeping a roof above their heads. This this world of rampant property speculation needs some, some real thought leaders to help break down What is becoming glaringly obvious, and uh, it's been interesting that uh, whilst uh, land prices increased by $594 billion and didn't get a mention, uh, the Productivity Commission's report, which uh, recommended yet again the move away from stamp duty and towards land tax, has had a number of high-profile articles written about it. And when you think this is on the back of the Henry Tax Review, uh, even Tony Abbott's tax discussion paper uh, revealed uh, an incredible fact that because land taxes uh, capture some of the easy profits that uh, foreign investors make, it actually has a negative deadweight cost, which you'll remember Brian Kavanaugh and I discussing last week. Get your head around deadweight costs and you will clean the floor anytime housing affordability and the need for land taxes comes up because uh, it can't be beaten. It's the world's most efficient economic system. Can you believe it's never been modelled? That's my job is to try and get the world's most efficient economic system to finally be modelled. No one has dared to uh, look at what sort of numbers would result if the aristocrats, if the top 10 20%, if people like myself who own property paid a land tax on it and got a uh, a basically a zero a zero income tax bill out of that god i'd do it in a a heartbeat make life so much easier wouldn't have to pay so much money to the banks now uh, peter martin he built on this productivity commission report with a uh, a piece out this morning could land tax bowie bonds be a nifty fix for stamp duty He's basically talking about how tricky it is for governments. Everyone sees this, uh, uh, the economic efficiency gains, but no no politician wants, basically they've got no balls anymore because generally the property council comes and shoots them down when they uh, talk about some sort of, uh, when they talk about this sort of reform. But even the property council is now on side saying, look, we need to do this. Now, uh, regular listeners might be interested to know why the Property Council would be supporting this, and that is because the moment only investors paid land tax, but if they did broaden it, everyone would pay it. But uh, you just think of the benefits uh, that could flow from it. We'll get to them in just a minute yet again here on 3CR's Renegade Economists, The ultimate tax geeks on 3CR, I dare say. Um, ultimate? Maybe only. Who knows? But, yeah martin uh, talks about a a new report from kevin davis research director at the australian center of financial studies which basically said uh, the problem is when you if you did remove stamp duty governments have a huge revenue hole and the way they could do it is to sell five billion dollars worth of securities to the market which would provide the holders with the entitlement to the corresponding future stream of property tax revenue for the next 30 years. Now, that is a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? What does that mean, dear listeners? Well, securitization isn't new. In 97, writes Peter Martin, uh, David Bowie issued so-called Bowie bonds, giving investors the right to the royalties from tracks including Space Oddity, Heroes and Ashes to Ashes for 10 years in return for an upfront payment. So this is another useful development uh, in terms of getting government to get serious about this big shift because we know... The commodification of real estate is uh, accelerating each and every year and we need a land tax system to reduce the gains so that it deters so many property investors coming in and uh, competing with each other, pushing prices up like 30% in St Kilda and then from that uh, rents gradually increase over time and we all struggle to pay those and so uh, back in the uh, mid 90s when i was living in St Kilda those rents were getting expensive compared to uh, my wage so of course i had to move further out of the city and all of the creatives who uh, lived in St Kilda in the early 90s of course faced a similar fate and uh, many moved to Brunswick to Northgate to Thornbury But, of course, the same game followed... uh, and you've heard me talk many times uh, about the tax minimization for lawyers seminar I attended where property investors were given not racial profiling but cultural profiling on how to find a hipster wearing black rimmed glasses, riding a fixed wheel bike. And it was your job to go and listen to them in the cafe. And it's your job to figure out what makes them tick. And it's your job to go and buy in the next community they're going to be forced to live in and wait for the next five to seven years until they start coming across. Wait and hope that Banksy comes in, graffitis up that community. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And I keep asking how much economic pain are you going to face sitting in that traffic jam, sitting in that dingy house, looking at people like Husey of all people, buying a property where according to uh, mainstream economic thinking uh, you'd need to be charging your renters $3,000 a week to justify your purchase price well it's just not realistic is it over the long run who can afford that sort of money maybe he's uh, got an interest only loan and gonna flip it in another 18 months two years that's probably what's gonna happen so, yeah, Peter Martin can break down this story into something uh, bite-sized in terms of these Bowie bonds. Uh, why? Where are we going to find someone like Hughie to tell this story for us? That's what we really need. Some celebrities out there who are willing to put their ethics on the line and talk about uh, this big picture story of fortifying our communities by using the tax system from this rampant change that is sweeping the global economy. We are so lucky that rental-backed mortgage securities haven't come through yet. Uh, The corporatization of the rental market is probably lying in the background of uh, all of this build-to-rent type lobbying that's going on at the moment. If anyone's got time to dig through that paperwork, uh, do a word search on uh, rental-backed mortgage securities, see if uh, the buggers are trying to sneak that one in i wish i had more arms i'm working part-time these days and uh three of three part-timers i wish we had a dozen people working on this because our job is not just to talk about real estate but to look at the other natural monopolies the other natural resources where this sort of price gouging is continuing and uh my oh my it certainly is when it comes to the mining sector It was uh, quite refreshing to see Kevin Rudd and uh, Ellen Jones of all people agreeing on something on Q&A just this week. Let's have a listen. There's something
2: very smelly about this that the Federal Liberal Government, uh, the Federal Labor Opposition, the Queensland Labor Government and the Queensland Liberal Opposition all have got their hands up saying they're going to support this entity. Now. If Indian banks won't lend this mob any money, and the Australian banks won't lend them any money, and the ABC, this this station here, has done significant and exhaustive work on the duplicitous behaviour of this Adani mob in transferring monies to the Cayman Islands, and there are significant investigations about this in the Indian courts, leading members of the Adani family are before the courts in India. So I don't understand how we would regard these people as proper people to have the kind of involvement in Australia that they now seek, and yet here are these companies tipping in money to the major political parties, and they obviously believe they're going to secure some kind of benefit. Um, I just find this thing, and you're right about the jobs, that is a complete overestimation of what the jobs might be. The Galilee Basin is central to the Great Artesian Basin. Uh, the water supply to uh, outfits like uh, Jericho and others who'd lose their water. It's the source of water for farmers in the region. I, I just... Uh, There's the got to be something on here. You know, for example, we oppose developers' money to political parties. Presumably developers are crook and knocking on doors, seeking all sorts of advantages. Well, how come mining money's OK? They can, they can tip it in. And they do tip it in. My little place where I was born, Ackland, is being destroyed. We've fought like hell against all of this prime agricultural land. Why is mining money okay but developers' money isn't?
1: My starting point, uh, unlike Alan's, is uh, climate change. And whatever we think about what was achieved at the Paris conference, uh, if that is implemented fully, fingers crossed, then that's one third of what is necessary in terms of greenhouse gas reductions in order to keep temperature increases within two degrees centigrade this century. And so therefore, the prism I take on this thing is, for God's sake, when it comes to future coal mines, be very sceptical indeed. And the big danger we see globally, and let's step back from a bit, just not just from Fortress Australia, is that Indian companies, Chinese companies, and, and uh, Korean companies, South Korean companies, represent now 70% of the global investment in new coal mines across the world. Often dirtier, much dirtier than the ones we're talking about up here. But my reservations are about coal. Period. Uh, so, uh, and the final is well, just a quick one. Is Chairperson Palaszczuk, uh, the Premier we referred to earlier, making and a Labor Premier? Is she making a big mistake here? Well, I think it's massively controversial, and the thing I'd not be touching with a barge pole is this business of uh, what Alan referred to before, God, there's two things we've agreed on now.
2: Be careful, Kevin, be careful. <laughs> uh, comrade, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh,
1: is that, no, as follows, is a um, is billion dollars from this North Australia infrastructure fund is wrong, wrong, wrong. If this thing is to stack up environmentally or commercially, uh, commercially it seems not to, then there is no place whatsoever for the federal government to be throwing a billion dollars of public funds by way of a, uh, of a possible loan, and then at the same time saying that any government subsidy in the future for renewable energies is simply unsustainable. That's just rank
0: hypocrisy on the core question for the future, which is climate. And so that was Ellen Jones and Kevin Rudd talking on the ABC's Q&A. And it's just the rate of change that the climate is enforcing upon communities in the Pacific has been uh, detailed by the NGO Caritas. And uh, they have uh, a report out looking at um, how many communities have already been moved on because of... uh, Uh, the rising tides and in Papua New Guinea some 30 to 35 communities have seen people moving away or relocating to higher ground. Food and water supplies are being affected by weather events and large-scale extraction of resources. Over in Samoa in a coastal village of Solosolo 60% of people have had to relocate, and this one got me. Even in New Zealand, 50 out of 70 groundwater sites failed drinking water standards for E. coli this year. So we have those pressures on the water base from one side. Then we have Adani coming in, and who knows what sort of uh, tricks they'll get up to and and what sort of environmental uh, standards will be required with their tailings dam and the leaking from that into, uh, into our underground aquifers is just incredible. <laughs> So to think we're spending a billion dollars on this train line and the royalties from that uh, will be minuscule. Sure, the workers' taxes, uh, income taxes will be counted as a a spin-off from it, but uh, what will the company actually pay when they can hide their profits in the Cayman Islands? It's another reason why we need to move away from company taxes, from income taxes and towards taxes on our natural resources. You cannot hide them in a tax haven. My name's Carl Fitzgerald. Check out earthsharing.org.au for the show notes. And thanks for those uh, who've contact who've sent in more investor advantages. I must update that document. Keep that feedback flowing. Renegades at earthsharing.org.au.